1: Good evening, everybody. Hello, Fakeologist. The Fakeologist Show. It's Monday, January 30th, 2023. Do this show Sunday through Thursday between 8 and 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Time or Eastern Standard Time. Oh, I forgot. I'm going to stop saying that. Just Eastern North America time. Don't forget... You can go to fakeologist.com forward slash live. And if you remember the fakeologist blog, you will get an email. And also on the site, or also on the page, you'll see a Google Calendar. Uh, if you look at the bottom here, you can add this Google Calendar to your Google Calendar and get notifications from Google Calendar. In addition, you will get an email from the blog where I send a manual email out. And if you are registered on FakeoTube and you subscribe to the Fakeologist channel on FakeoTube, and there's only a couple of them, you will get an email from FakeoTube. Do you get. You could potentially get up to three notifications for this show. So sign up at FakeoTube and send me your email at at my email. I'm a fake, I'm a, at fakeologist.com, and uh, you won't, you won't miss a show. Now we are also streaming live tonight on YouTube, Facebook, Unknown Causes Group, D Live, Twitter. And we used to be on Twitch, but they canceled us, so we don't need them anyway. And tonight, I got an email from a guy named Chester. And he wanted to be on the show. But He says he won't call in, but I can call him. I'm going to call him now, and uh, then we'll just start the show. Come, We'll do about an hour. And, um, where's his phone number? Let me just look it up here. Okay. Here's his phone number. And it's actually a landline. How cool is that? Let's see if I can dial the number. Oh, I got to dial it manually. Okay. Wait, I can do it here by doing. Let's dial her up and see what happens. See what happens. Let's see if it goes through. If he doesn't answer. We can just talk about the Chester. blog, Chester. Chester, it's the fakeologist speaking. Hello.
2: Hey, Ab. Uh, hey.
1: Hello. Wow. He answered on the third ring. That's fantastic. Are you listening live to the show?
2: Uh, I am not. No. Uh, I, I I I think I mentioned in my email. I, I can't. I I don't have Wi-Fi in my apartment.
1: All right. Can I read your email to the, to the fakeologist family? Is it, uh, I don't think there's anything too, uh, personal in no, it. No, no, no. Go
2: ahead
1: if you want. Okay. And I didn't, I actually usually post feedback. I didn't happen to post this one right away because I figure we're going to be talking about it. So I'll probably put it in tonight's show notes if anyone wants to, um, check it out. So let me go here and uh, Chester did what anyone can do go to fakeologist.com forward slash contact and that's the easiest way to contact me let me just see if what's on that webpage fakeologist.com forward slash contact that's my contact page if you don't want to email so you can fill out a form or it's got my phone numbers. it's got my discord, it's got my email so that's all on the contact page and uh, that's what Chester did. So hold on a second. It says, hi, Ab. I've been listening to and enjoying your Fakeologist show for a few months. Greg Chance recommended me. <laughs> hey, thank hey, you, Greg. Hey, Greg.
2: I'm Greg- sure Greg is listening right now.
1: Greg is listening on Fakeotube. The only reason I know that is if you go to the Fakeotube chat page, I'm pretty sure it shows who's on the chat. So Greg is always there. We've talked to Greg before. Lost Spider Phallus, hello. And George 22, hello. And George is in the UK. And Craig says, hi, Chet. Okay. Let's get back to the email. The two of us became friendly over the fact that we both are, we're both on Vax. So when he said that you're worth listening to, I paid attention. Oh, well, thanks, Craig. I live in Toronto and of course, most of my friends and family believe and still believe the corporate media stories about COVID and the Vax. I don't know how many... I don't know many unvaxxed people. Well, I don't probably know that many either, but uh, I'm one of yeah.
2: them. Yeah, none of us do.
1: I'm not sure you'd consider me a full-fledged fakeologist, but I'm much closer to being one than I was at the beginning of 2020, which is what I said. I said everyone is a potential fakeologist as of 3 2020 that's why I thought I'd do a show more daily because I figured there'd be millions of people flocking to the site. It <laughs> didn't really happen, but that's okay. Uh, so I'm glad that um, you are, Chester, you're a potential full-fledged fakeologist. I figured there'd be more of you, but that's fine. The nonsense of the corporate media's COVID stories woke me up to how much we're being lied to prior to 2020. I was skeptical about some stuff like the JFK assassination and the official 9-11 story, but had no idea how large the problem is. For instance, I still believe that men really had walked on the moon and that there is a manned space station up above us. I'm considering sending a donation, but would want to do it in the old-fashioned way with a check. Okay. That's the only thing I don't take is a check, because I don't, I can't, well, I can't cash a check named, made out to fakeologists because it's not a business name in any way. Right. And also uh, I mean I, I I've i put in checks into my account before that aren't even made out to me and it, nobody I don't think the computer checks but I'd rather not take a check in the case it could bounce or not bounce but just be rejected by my bank and it says here I'm an old guy 62 and prefer doing things the way I've always done them. I'm sure I would I should have learned how to do cryptocurrency before now, but I haven't. I don't see an address to mail a check on your site. You mentioned one on an episode, so I wrote it down. You almost got it right. It's uh, box V is in Victor 33. That's one line. And then the le- next line should be 14, the letter B is in Bravo, dash 1822 White's Road Pickering. Is that correct? And yes, that is correct now because thanks to Nancy in Nova Scotia, who who had two letters thrown back at her because the new owner forgot that uh, I existed. Basically,
2: yeah, you mentioned this is a virtual PO box. Well, yeah,
1: it's a UPS store, and uh, the guy didn't want to sell me a full box, so he said because I don't get much, I don't get much action, not much mail, so he just kept a file folder on his desk and then oh, okay. he sold the business and forgot to tell the uh, person in that took over the store <laughs> so,
2: so you, you you go in but you don't have a particular box to open you just say to the guy hey can you give me my mail
1: yeah that's it you okay. got it so that that's what virtual stands for cuz i don't get a lot of mail and it, it's pretty expensive to have a box it's 20 bucks a month right and i i don't make 20 bucks a month um, through the donations that way. So I figured I'm not going to do that. So I think he gave me half price. And, um, anyway. So yeah, um, if you're going to send, I, I'm really grateful that you're going to send a donation, but, uh, for, for low amounts, I think you can just send cash in a, in a nice Christmas card. No one's going to see it. No, okay. so I, sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. The Canadian, I don't think anyone, in, in the Canadian mail system is opening mail and stealing money. And, uh, that's a shout out to Canada Post. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. If I was spending, I wouldn't send a thousand bucks cash, but 20 bucks, I, I wouldn't worry about that or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not making a suggestion, but no, no checks. It's the only thing I'm not going to take because I'm not going to uh, chance going to the bank and having them say, you know, you got to register and business name and all that kind of nonsense. I'm not mm. doing that too much work, and most people that donate are donating through, well, I'm going to say the donor box, the donate box at the top of this page here, and uh, it's pretty fast, and Stripe, the payment processor, is only stealing about, I think, 4%. Maybe I'm wrong about that. So if you send 20 bucks, I get 1950. So 50, what's that as a percentage? Uh, 2%? Something like that?
2: I'm not good with math off the top of my head.
1: <laughs> so they don't take too much. The donor box has really, really been really good. And shout out to Harmon, who keeps sending me 20 bucks every time I do a show. So, Harmon, wow. thanks a lot. Very yeah. generous, super generous.
2: I'm more generous than I'm going to be.
1: Yeah, no, it's fine. That's really good that you, uh, are thinking about it. Yeah. So let me see here. Yeah. They take actually 63 cents from 20, which is about 30 cents from 10. So it's about, it's about 3%. That's fine. But anyhow, so that is how you donate. So thank you, Chester. And you asked me a question and that was here. I got to keep bringing up the email. I wonder if I could just bring it up in a separate window. Eh, Maybe not. Okay. Uh,
2: I've I've got it here. I could read it out. Yeah, go ahead. Read the question. Okay. So, a few months back, you had Simon Shack on, and you guys were talking about 9-11. According to you and Simon, if I'm understanding you correctly, the video footage of the towers coming down was prepared in advance. But the footage of the airplanes hitting the building was shot and faked live. No. Consulting- no. Oh, okay. So I I'm going to say
1: no to that right away. No, the whole thing was a made-for-TV movie. So everything was pre-planned. There's no way you could impose that live. The only thing live was the word live, which is uh, evil spelled in reverse. No, that was not a live shot in any way. It's just a simulated scene that they put the word live on it to make you think it was live, just like a movie.
2: Okay, but uh, in September Clues, mm-hmm. uh, I seem to remember, and I, again, maybe I misunderstood something, that, uh, you, you know, you, uh, there's that shot where the where the first plane, I think it's the first plane, is hitting uh, the tower, and the nose seems to come through on the other side of the tower, and I thought the implication was that that was because it was done live and they kind of screwed up on, uh, the imaging or.
1: or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I know what you're saying. So that, that's a reasonable deduction you've made. And I don't know exactly what Simon's level of hypotheses was at that time. He may have still been trying to work things out, but, and, and there has been no updated September clue. So he also p- hypothesized that they used a missile to take right. the things down. But I think overall now all these things were put in there on purpose. Um, of course, the absurdity of a composite plastic nose cone making its way through steel and concrete intact to the other side is completely cartoon-like. It's ridiculous.
2: Right. So, so why why would what? they include that?
1: Well, maybe it's just they they put all kinds of gags in to make you and everyone else uh, believe in foolishness. And, right. and the idea that people would debate whether um, that was a mistake as opposed to, say, <laughs> the idea of the absurdity of a plastic and aluminum tin can crushing through concrete and steel. That's the real debate that should be asked, not did they make a mistake uh, letting that video go through. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they really have layers of, um I would say, gullibility tests where they're just testing us all the time. Of course, we have no frame of reference because never in the history of the world has really um, any large plane crashed into a skyscraper that I know of that's been right. videoed. So we don't have a frame of reference anyway. So now we're just dealing with movies and our imagination as frames of reference. So that's my explanation there. I hope that was satisfactory. Sure. If they, if they had prepared the footage of the towers falling in advance, why wouldn't they also prepare footage of the planes hitting? Yeah. So yeah, that question you, I answered. So for sure, it's all, for sure. And on the fly video manipulation would definitely probably go wrong. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. But there's just no way, there's just no way that that, um, that that could happen, I would say. And by the way, Simon is going to be back on the show. If we go to the fakeologist.com forward slash live page, he is going to be back on the show next month. I'm just looking at the calendar now. I don't know if I can scroll forward on this calendar. I guess I can't. So it's only showing January right now. But um, that's going to be... Sunday, because we have to do it Sunday because Simon is over in um, Italy. And uh, we're going to have Steve Dayock on. Have you ever heard of him? No. He has a website, I think, called 911 Crash Test. And he was one of my first guesses. Yes, Guess, rather. And here it is here, 911crashtest.org and steve has stuck in the I, I don't know what his policy is right now but he has been going on about this for ever since i did started my show and he just thinks that um the official story is wrong but he thinks i can't remember what he thinks <laughs> to be honest with you he just thinks that people did die on that day okay and um
2: Whereas you and Simon think no one died, right?
1: Probably not. Right. Because the Vic Sim report that Simon and Hoy Peloy worked on really shows how they just synthetically cre- synthetically created these characters. The so called um victims. They call them Vic Sims. And really they haven't changed their mind. I haven't really changed my mind. And um just shows how they use templates to to really lazily create three thousand different people in simulation.
2: Hmm. Is that in uh, there? There's, you have a link to the September Clue stuff. Is is that stuff in there? I, I don't remember seeing anything about that.
1: About yes. That. So if you go to fake dot forward slash sc Sienna Charlie. Then let's see here. This is the September Clues Tour Guide. So this is uh, a link on cluesform.info. So it's got the movie and it's got um, all the research where we have different questions. It's got 19 or so other addendum videos that are on faco Um, does it have Vixim? Yes, it does. The memorial scams, the Vixim report, they're all on here. So really, if you haven't checked out the September Clues tour guide, you really should. Everyone here should. There's so much more.
2: Um, Yeah, I I watched uh, September Clues and a couple of the other videos there. But uh, yeah, Vixim, I don't don't know what you're talking about there. So uh, obviously I didn't check out everything.
1: You really should, because it really breaks down how they decided, once they looked at the 9-11 memorial site, because they saw patterns that are not natural patterns, where you would expect random people to oh, show Sim, up. Oh,
2: victim, it's standing for victim simulation?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I get it. So they saw patterns just in the way... They almost made the the. It seemed like they made the vixims as they were making the memorial page because they're sequencing and variations on the previous vixim, it, where they just sort of changed a few things for the next vixim. So they were kind of lazy about it, and that's where they realized that these are all simulated people. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's where they they saw the patterns. So. I'm kind of just trying to remember all this because I'm not really talking about this on a regular basis anymore. Cause mm-hmm. It's just so old. Right. But it's really important to know all this because. Sure. All the simulations are really extensions of nine eleven simulation. Where this is the big one, but um, this was the big one of that generation. But now we're on to the COVID scam, which is. Yeah, the big one now. Oh, it's just it dwarfs nine eleven by a thousand times. It's phenomenal. But you know, it's really great to understand nine eleven because when COVID came along, it's it's just a no brainer. Really easy.
2: Yeah, I wasn't thinking a lot of nine eleven at you know uh, at at the beginning of uh, of COVID, but the thing that sort of like. When, when, you know, uh, uh in mid March when all the COVID stuff started, I, you know, I believed along with everyone else around me. I, I, I was like, oh, okay, there's, there's a, there's a virus and we gotta protect ourselves and I gotta wash my hands all the time and whatnot. Um, but I, I think one of the things that saved me was that I knew about, um, you know, or one of the things that, that helped me clue in relatively quickly, within a month or so, was that I knew about uh, all the AIDS stuff. You know, the the, the AIDS fakery. Um, I had read. Uh, do you know uh, that book uh, by John Lauritsen? I think it's called the AIDS War, or is it the AIDS Wars? Something like that. No,
1: I don't know that one. What did they talk about in that? John uh, well,
2: well Lawrence was into Peter Duisburg's oh, ideas. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so I was a Duisburgian for, for, uh, well, uh, uh, you know, after reading that book and until the COVID era where, uh, you know, I, I, it took the COVID stuff to, uh, it wasn't until the COVID stuff that I started to hear all the stuff about, um, uh you know terrain theory versus uh whatever you know um versus germ theory um so but, so up until then i, I was like oh peter duesberg has got the right idea and uh and, and also tied in with that was knowing about the pcr test and how that was nonsense and and used to fake all the aids stuff and so then, when I heard, "Oh, the test for for COVID is the PCR test," Oh, okay. Um, so, 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 uh, yeah, that that was kind of like uh, the turnaround there for me.
1: And you're from Toronto, so you have you lived in Toronto your whole life?
2: No, I was born in Montreal. I uh, okay. moved here when I was. In 19, which would have been 1979, okay. uh, moved here because I never learned to speak French. So, uh, oh, you were born in the
1: English part of Montreal? Uh,
2: I was born in Montreal, but grew up outside in one of the suburbs, uh, okay. a place called Chateauguay. Um, okay. And uh, it, it was, I mean, uh, it's, it was probably half and half. French English in those days. I definitely had French friends, but all my French friends spoke English, so I never had to learn French. And so,
1: so you yeah. came down the four hundred one with half of Quebec when um, <laughs> the Parti Quebecois right. came into power and basically were just trying to enforce language laws, and they wanted an in, in independent Quebec. And banks like the Bank of Montreal they moved their headquarters from Montreal. Right. to Toronto, and half of yeah, the business doesn't like instability, so they just moved operations. Montreal, many, many people don't know, was the biggest, most important city in Canada for a long time.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I remember, I mean, when I was a kid, it was the biggest city in, in Canada, and I remember when the turnaround came, and, and suddenly we were number two, and Toronto was a yeah. big city, and being sort of disappointed, oh, we're not number one anymore. No, um, but, and that was just all
1: because that, uh, René Levesque, the Parti Québécois got into power and they just started talking about breaking away from Canada. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, there's, and that's where Trudeau won. He was, um, a buddy of René Levesque back in the day. And obviously, uh, those two were sort of conspiring in a way to destroy Canada. And now, and now, of course, that's that's happening by Trudeau number two, as implementing just mainly globalist policies that his dad sort of kicked off. And even the FLQ crisis was most likely a psychological operation. And the only person I've ever heard talk about that is just in the last couple of years, Matt Arat, who's uh, in Montreal, is uh, and is a pretty good alternate historian or. And does British and Canadian research, and uh, I found him fascinating. Did oh, you? okay. Yeah, so even the FLQ, there's not much chance that uh, they actually killed anybody. Where oh, the, really? Yeah, yeah. I don't okay. know if Matt Arrett says it that way, but he definitely says it was an engineered event, and um, most likely a psychological operation slash hoax. So, okay. yeah, yeah. That's.
2: Well, I've, I've got a a friend who just did—I'm <clears throat> actually a cartoonist. I, I write and draw graphic novels. Oh, nice! And uh, I've got a graphic novelist friend who's about to come out. Who's—he—he uh, he just did a book about the the FLQ, and uh, but I think his take is much more than normal establishment take. You know, he's—he's not presenting it as an operation. So it's a really good book, though I've—I've I've read it. It's uh,
1: okay.
2: But well, he it, thinks it was, it was real. Uh, yes, he thinks it was real. Mm-hmm. But if one wants to know the the basic facts, at least from the establishment perspective, it's a good, it, it, it's not out yet. But it'll, I think it's coming out later this year.
1: So, if you want to know the official story, then yeah. read the book. But yeah, yeah, it's not really a topic. Like most of Canadian history, I obviously I was born and bred in Britain, Canada. Can, Canadian history is really boring. It's it's absurdly boring. But right. If you listen to Matt Arrett and his description of basically what's happened in Canada for the last hundred years, it's actually fascinating. Mm I mean, Canada really for a while was this young, up and coming nation that was really going to build a country for the people. But that just doesn't work for the banking system. They just, they just cannot have that kind of wealth distributed throughout the population that they, they just won't have it, so they scuttled it. And one yeah. of the main guys to scuttle it was Trudeau, number one. Right. That was sort of the end of uh, of things. So Matt Airs the only guy that makes it Canadian history really interesting.
2: You're not going to tell me the Riel story was fake, are you?
1: Well, he doesn't talk about that, so no, I don't know. But
2: I, I, have th- am asking because uh, my big best-selling graphic novel is a is a graphic novel about Louis Riel. So,
1: oh, nice. Uh,
2: for those of you outside of Canada, uh, Riel was a 19th century, uh, well, he led some rebellions in the 19th century against the Canadian government,
0: uh, and mm-hmm. then,
2: they, uh, then they hanged him. So, right. You know, it's a very interesting story.
1: And that actually might have been one of the most interesting stories in Canadian history that we learned back in school and that that wasn't that interesting a story so if that was the most interesting story in canada then you know how boring our history was <laughs> it was really dull but yeah that well, was
2: i i think if you read my graphic novel it'll it'll come off as is uh, i i think it's an interesting story
1: okay where can do you have a link to it can we look it up where where can we get your, uh... your novel
2: it it should be I don't know uh, available through whatever Amazon or Indigo or whatever um, all the major books. I mean I mean it,
0: what's it called? Still,
2: uh, it's just it's called um, Louis Riel. Uh, maybe a comic strip biography or something like a comic book mm-hmm. biography, something like that.
1: How long ago did you write? You already forgot the name.
2: <laughs> yeah, it came out uh, about. 20 years, uh, yeah, tw- 20 years ago, uh, uh, 20, uh, 2003.
1: Alright, Louis Riel comic book?
2: Just type in Louis Riel Chester Brown, it'll come up.
1: Alright. Okay, we're gonna find it. Oh yeah, there you go. Good for you. Is that your pen name?
2: It's No, that's my real name. Wow. Uh, I, I was
1: gonna say, am I talking to Charlie Brown?
2: I know, I know. I've I've gotten that before. People thinking because it's so close to Charlie Brown that it must be some kind of pseudonym. Uh, but no, no, it's it's my real name.
1: Oh, that's cool. Good for you. Well, it's sold out at Indigo. What? It says here paperback sold out. So I guess you have to buy the... No, it says it's sold out right on the Indigo screen. Huh. You better call your publisher. No wonder the money stopped, huh?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. There's a new edition out. Okay. Uh, no, it says uh, Yeah.
1: Or maybe this is it. Here's another one, 2795. Okay. Okay. So this is a different Okay, this this is uh it's a black and white cover of the same thing. Okay. Hmm. I'll put a link to this one. I'll put a link in show notes. We got a real live author on the line. This is cool. There you go, people. So there's the uh, thing and if you want to buy it off Amazon I don't get any points off Amazon anymore they don't I don't know what happened I got I was making something off of Amazon about 10 years ago but I think they cut me off so I'm not yeah. gonna, I'm not going to put a link to Amazon you well, guys
2: personally I try and avoid ordering anything through Amazon I I try any other way of of getting a book um usually I just order it through you know if if my local bookstore doesn't have it, then I, you know, order it through them.
1: Um, this says not sold in stores. You have to order it online. What? Yeah, I'm I'm reading the Indigo page for your book. It says not sold in stores.
2: No, no, it's sold in stores.
1: Yeah. No, seriously, I'm just looking here. I'm on the Indigo site. You can't see my screen right now.
2: Or but. or you can get it through my publisher. Uh, the publisher is Drawn in Quarterly, and so. Um, okay. quarterly dot com, I guess. Um, th- I'm sure you can get it through them.
1: Well, you've got a lot of stuff here. You got paying for it. Um, a critically lauded memoir about being a John. That's mm-hmm. right, paying yeah. for sex. Oh, okay. Is that something that uh, is that a biography? It, autobiography.
2: Autobiography, yeah, memoir.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. That's a whole topic right there. Sure. Woo. Okay. Wow. Well, we should get into that maybe one time. Oh,
2: if you want. Ed, the happy clown. Really, yes, go really ahead. It's uh fakeologist material, but.
1: No, it's certainly controversial. Sure. Well, well one of the things that, um, because I can't talk about 9-11 every single day, and COVID came into play and took over, um, I have done other types of interviews just from a fakeologist's point of view. So, for instance, if we talk about, say, South Africa, which has sort of been an interest from my uh, days when I like to follow the news and, and listen to controversial people in Canada, uh, you're getting an interview from a guy that is a fakeologist. So, for instance, I'll ask a guy who's telling me about his experience in South Africa if there's anything fake about the story that he knows of. From a fakeologist point of view. So I can talk about anything, but always have this super skeptical bent about every story that maybe the average interviewer does not. So that's, that's sort of my angle on it. Cause anyone can talk about anything, but right. whether or not it's interesting or not, or not is another story. So I could probably, I'm not sure where we, where, where we could fit fakery in to a story like that. Paying for it, but um, just know if I did do the interview, I would be fairly skeptical
2: about this about this
1: story because, of course, I'm so conditioned to being lied to by almost every single story that I just don't take anything at face value anymore. It's 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 not the easiest position to have, but. It's my position, and I can't really shake it. You can't stop it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: All right. So let's. uh, So the whole purpose of me calling you, we've already, I've already burned forty minutes off of the call by doing most of the talking. Is just to. I, I just want to get your your awakening story. So why don't we, why don't we hear that?
2: Okay. Oh, well, I guess I gave part of it there. Uh, you know, the uh, realizing back in, um, it would have been back in the early 90s that I picked up that, that book by John Lauritsen about, um, about AIDS. So uh,
1: Now, why were you interested in that? Does that tie into your recent book about paying for it?
2: No, not at all. Okay. Um, I wasn't paying for sex back in those days. Okay. I, I was just uh, you know there was the uh, establishment uh, or corporate media perspective on what AIDS was and actually the 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 first thing that got me questioning that a bit was was actually CBC. CBC was a, was better in those days I think um you know they had in their uh in their regular news broadcast they would uh, be claiming that uh, aids was caused by hiv and whatever um but then they had this show called ideas in the evenings and they still have it's you know it's they still have that show but back then they would be willing to i don't know uh Get a bit more extreme, uh, or 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 put forward controversial ideas, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and so they had a couple episodes about this idea that maybe uh, AIDS wasn't caused by HIV. Um, And so you know, I had that kind of in my mind, and then I read a review uh, in some obscure magazine. About this book by John Lauritsen, the AIDS War, and uh, so I picked it up. Uh, would have been the early '90s at that point. So the AIDS story had been going for about eight years at that point, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he here he was saying that he didn't think AIDS existed at all. Um and uh, uh he, he made a convincing case um so um yeah so then then later uh well and, you know i i had my doubts about some other things as i mentioned in that email you know the the uh the kennedy assassination and um um uh, what else did I mention? The nine uh, eleven. Oh yeah, the nine eleven thing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I had you know I was, was kind of like, oh maybe maybe those are well they seemed a bit suspicious. You know, I knew there were theories about them. I you know I never investigated them. I never read any books about them. Um, uh, you know, I would have seen that. Uh, what was it? The, uh, the, the JFK film by, uh, what's his name? Um, you know, the one? Oliver Stone. Starred, yeah, yeah, Oliver Stone.
1: Yeah, right? I watched that and I thought for sure we were going to find out. That's how naive I was. I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm going to watch the movie. It's all over. Finally, we get to know. <laughs> no, it's total, right. total reinforcement of the myth.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I bought into it, but but it, at least it it came from. It didn't reinforce. Well, I, I suppose from your perspective, it did reinforce the.
1: Well, I didn't story. know a lot about the. I didn't really know every variation of the theme. I just knew the official story was insane, right? And it couldn't be that. But there were so many alternate versions. I, uh, they all are possible, where anything right. is possible, and nothing. Nothing is knowable. And I, I didn't even know the angle that Oliver Stone was going down. Uh, I yeah. didn't, I've never heard that one, but I left, um, just as dissatisfied coming out as I did going in. I thought I, i really, I really didn't get anything out of this. So we're no further ahead.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, at, at least it, uh, questioned the, uh, I mean, the establishment story was that, you know, one person, uh, had, uh, killed, you know, one lone nut had yeah. killed JFK, whereas Stone's, in Stone's version, it was some sort of conspiracy. So, uh, some grander thing, um, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. um, that was as far as I really got into the JFK thing at that time, you know, watching that movie. I, like I said, didn't read any books about it. I was just like, Oh yeah, it, it, it's the, the official story is at least suspect. Um, but uh yeah, then, then COVID came along and like I said, it took about a month to, to figure things out, to, to figure that we were being lied to, which was, Mind boggling to me. Um, I was like, can there really be a, a, a deception this large? Um, but there's no way I could believe it. It, it was obvious nonsense. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, that just, well, that ended up leading me to other stuff. Like, you know, realizing, hey, all that NASA stuff, that didn't happen either. All that stuff's fake, um, yeah.
1: So yeah, it's a it opened up a huge can of worms, didn't it? For me, right. it was well, yeah.
2: yeah. Once once you can see they're willing to lie about something that large, then you're then you then you go, okay, there must be other big lies too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an over. Once you figure they can tell a big lie and get away with it, and nothing happens, JFK, nine eleven. Even if you believe the official story, the fact that they haven't, they haven't really satisfactorily solved the 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 problem, or at least they haven't. Sorry, explained the crime properly to make it make sense. Where they just say, "Oh, it's just some guy in a cave," Uh, he did it. Just then you realize, wow, the whole world can be lied to. They get away with it. Nobody that questions it can do anything about it. They know they can get away with it we know they are getting away with it so what else are they up to that's when it really becomes disturbing okay nine eleven was one thing but all the other things <laughs> what, what what possibly else could they be up to and then they just it just it never ends and i just typed in whatever my favorite thing to question was and added the word hoax back in the day and saw whatever google would serve me at the time which wasn't a whole lot so one of the things that bothered me was nukes nuclear because if you think about it is there anything more destructive as they describe it than a nuclear bomb it just basically would wipe out the whole world or your part of the world and, uh, when I looked into that, I thought, oh my goodness, yeah. this is I, all I fake?
2: Actually, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wow. I actually, I actually read a book, I think back in the 80s, um, it, it, where, where, uh, the, the idea was that they had faked, uh, you know, the, the, the bomb, the, the, the nuclear bomb, the, you know, Hiroshima yeah. and Nagasaki and all that stuff. It was all fake. Um and it was it was a fun novel i was like oh that's an interesting idea but i didn't believe it you know it's a novel
1: uh, yeah you suspend disbelief
2: right um and now i'm like oh that novel was true
1: and by the way i did interview a guy that was in the bikini atoll uh, it okay. was the father of um ken who is a caller in her here i have i've been just i haven't put together the phone call cuz we had About six broken calls that I have to stitch together. And he was a witness to what he was told was the nuclear test for the H-bomb, I think. There's many bombs. There's the H-bomb and the this bomb, the neutron bomb. It's all the same fakery, though. But he was there in the area. So he was on a, a ship, I think. And I was going to stitch that together. I did that in November, actually. I figured I would get it done much quicker, but it was super busy November, December. I will put that out because Ken's father did put the time in. I I didn't learn a whole lot, but I will put it out there. As um,
2: I'd I'd be interested in hearing it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to put it out. There's not a lot there. You're not going to find out much. But if he really was there, it is kind of interesting that we can actually talk to someone all these years later who's still alive. That really can't really give us any, any um, extra juicy pieces of information, but it just shows you even if you're there and they're faking it, you're not going to be able to really explain it to the world and be um, you're just not going to be able to determine whether it was real or fake either. You really can't do much discernment even if you're there because they can cover all the questions and have all the answers to basically address any inconsistencies in the story. They have everything covered. They're not stupid. That's mm-hmm. what I am trying to say. Let me just look at the fake fakeologist. Sorry, the faecal tube chat. We have lost spider Phallus says Hello, George twenty two evening from the UK. Greg says hi, chat. Blake seventy says everything about this world is fake. Well, everything in the media is fake that they tell us. Um, Harmon says, look into the Empire State Building. It was hit by a plane. Do we have video of that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe Harmon gave me a link here. Well, here's, you can't see this, York uh, Chet, but let's see if this video has the, uh, shocking crash it says here. The Empire State Building. It's a gigantic place filled with offices and workers. Almost a business city on its They own. said 13, 13 people died, including the crew that were crashed, that crashed into the Empire State Building, which I guess was the tallest building in the U.S. at the time. But, of course, how would they capture it alive? So, supposedly,
2: they did. This was the scene of the
1: recent plane crash. I happened when do not think so. This telepr- is just a story about away, a the crash. Off from Bedford, Massachusetts, the pilot flying over La Guardia Airfield was advised to land because of fog, but he headed for Newark instead along what he thought was this route. The route he actually took led him straight through the fog into the Empire State Building. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Of course, we. If it, especially if it's foggy, there's going to be no no way to uh, video that of course but this is obviously maybe just a simulation all right so that's gonna be in the fakeco tube that's gonna be in the comment section of this video so you guys can click on that
2: never heard about that one I've yeah. never heard about the Hindenburg but
1: uh... right right Greg chant says David Angel was probably real no I don't think so I don't think David- anyone I don't think anyone real died on 911. As a matter of fact, I have another quick link, fake11.com forward slash 11, and that leads to a post on Fakeologist, 11 Ways to Simulate Victims, Making Victims. So you guys should read all that. That uh, that explains how they simulate victims, fake11.com forward slash 11. I'll put that as a show note. That'll be show note number five, fake11.com forward slash 11. So this, this is FAK665, Chester, and,
2: um, you yeah, guys. This, this is an episode I won't be listening to.
1: Well, you don't need to. You're, you're in it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't listen to, I don't like listening to my own stuff either.
2: Yeah, exactly. I never listen to my own interviews.
1: Oh, do you, have you done quite a few just based on your books? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, wow. Kate Emma says, Have you spoken to Brian S. Stavely at Dose of Reality? He said he too says no one died, and his website has more info. Yes, for sure. I've interviewed Brian many times. Many times. He's a fantastic researcher and does a great show and has great nine eleven shows. So if you haven't heard his stuff, make sure you go to his website, therealnewsonline dot com. And uh he kind of inspired me to do my own radio show using my own software because he was doing something similar. I improved improved upon what he was doing. But yeah, he was definitely inspirational to this show. And that is 11, wow, 11 years ago. Crazy. Harmon says the COVID story is just the same as the geocentric story. One is about an unseen outer space as to the unseen inner space. Both are all CGI. Yeah, I agree. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, Greg says, I don't think he died, but I think he was a real person. Yeah, I they do insert operatives in the media and in the entertainment complex into the stories to give them doses of reality. I agree with you, Greg, on that. You know, the United States spends half their budget on the military, so that's there's a lot of money to really influence or run influence operations on their own people. There's tons of money to hire actors in Hollywood and book writers. Has anyone come to you, Chester, to say, "Hey, can you uh, maybe help write a script for a future op that they might might appear?" <laughs> Definitely not. Do you think that some of the leading authors in the world are writing also, helping write scripts for, say, many of the simulated events that go on all around the world, including the States?
2: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I suppose it's possible, but wouldn't the stories be a bit better if, if really good authors were writing them?
1: The nine eleven story would you think that was a good story
2: uh, like all the sub stories bil- buildings fall down i mean what's <laughs> what's the good story? Well, there's I mean a lot of victims it, it had stories. a huge impact on us um because of you know but but uh, I don't know it's not that great a story, really
1: no, no, I guess you're right, I guess you're right a lot of maybe um writers and training but I, I just wonder if a lot of the ideas from say Stephen King novels they state you know what was his book on something on terror he writes a lot of stuff that really it seems like they lift a lot of the material and and put it in their their annual their, their different simulations a lot of concepts anyway hmm. but uh okay so yeah so basically covid got you questioning everything so what's your so what's your take on what they're doing do you have a take on what the purpose of all this is do you have a take on viruses on contagion um, um, what's your take on canada the city you live in
2: <laughs> it's pretty big I, I don't know that i have a conclusion on any of that stuff i mean I think we'd all like to know who really is behind this and why they're doing this. Um, I mean, in broad outlines, it's kind of obvious. So Certainly COVID uh, resulted in more political control. Um, you know, more freedoms were taken away from us. Um, so, I mean, we can see that that makes a certain amount of sense as far as Um, the powers that be wanting to fake something like this. Um, But the ultimate goal, where are they leading us? Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, my guess would be that the next thing is going to be, you know, they they obviously want to bring in the CBDCs, the Central Bank Digital Currencies, and so there's probably going to be some sort of... um, uh, engineered financial event. Uh, that would be my guess. But hey, I I thought they were going to do it in. I thought they were going to do it last year, and it didn't happen. So, uh, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. But um, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, how how long have you li- been listening to my show? Because I don't want to repeat what I've said in the past. But
2: how long uh, uh, since? Uh, well, if if I heard the Simon when I'm guessing that went up September
0: 11th. Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: I haven't talked to him for a while. Right. It's been a while. Well, really, I think that they're just trying to completely re-engineer everything. I think that the money system has reached the end of its um, effective date in the sense that they've They've really run so far into the negatives that now they're just going to do a debt jubilee and just reset everything. But the reset is going to come with a whole new concept of money, smart money, programmable money. So they can control every aspect of it because they know that the system, the capitalist system as it stands now is just going to keep growing. It's going to keep ignoring all their ideas that we need to preserve this earth, so they figure the only way to uh, control capitalism is to completely centrally manage it. So they're not going to get rid of it, but I I really think they are going to blend it to, into this 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 third way. Or yeah, I guess it's the third way. And we talked about that last night when we were talking about communitarianism. Because that's, that's the third way. It's, it's an old concept, but I really think combining that with technocracy, they're going to just create a Chinese style system that worked quite well in China for the last 30, 40 years. I don't know if it has enough legs to keep going, even in China. Uh, well, obviously they're, they've changed it in China where they have their zero COVID policy, which is just their, their way of being, exerting even more control than they're even trying over here right now. Try it over there first, see how much the Chinese kick up a fuss against it, and then um, iron out all the kinks and bring it here. But I really think it's communitarianism, which is a word almost nobody knows what it means. And I've tried to talk about it a few times, and I'm still trying to hash it out. Because no one else is really explaining it, but that's really what they want to bring
2: in. And, um, well, I don't know. I, I heard the episode last night, uh, with, with Lark and Brian okay. and Jenna. And, um, uh, it, it seemed like Lark was very, like, he, he was complaining that, that people like, um, uh, James Corbett aren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. But, I feel like Corbett is talking about it. He's just not using the same. He's not using the word communitarianism. Mm-hmm. But he, you know, he's talking about all these ideas about, uh, you know, how they're bringing in a different system and, um, you know, how they want to impose CBD, CBDCs on us and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I don't really follow Corbett that much. I, uh, he's not really. He doesn't see if someone is really far off my nine eleven point of view. Right. Then I don't give him my complete attention. I do listen to some of his stuff, but I have to ask. Okay, if you're if you're really not coming to a similar conclusion that I am, because you have all the same access to all the same information I do, then then why aren't you? Right. So, so does that make you a gatekeeper or a guard railer as i p s says and to me, the answer is yes' okay i can, I found out everything I need to know about 9 eleven in about three weeks, and nothing really has changed my mind since why couldn't why't why did why couldn't he do that? Why is he still railing about three thousand people dying? Why doesn't he at least talk about the possibility that they could fake that too? If you're gonna fake some parts, why wouldn't you fake all of it? Right. It's just logic. You don't need any great understanding of psyops and operations. You could just take it to its logical conclusion. Just you fake it. It's easier and less complex to fake something than to go through all the problems of killing people. Like, can you imagine actually killing all those people? Because mm-hmm. by extension There's going to be at least five people per victim that are going to be screaming from the top of every mountain wanting explanation, compensation. Right. And really, they're really, I don't think anyone can think of some of the major family members other than one or two that were given to us that were talking about the the people that um, they said died on 9 11. I think there's Bobby and Billy McElvain, that guy. He's a, he okay. was, he was in all the videos for a while, but he was the only guy that really stood out. So it just makes more sense to fake everything because you can manage the outcome of everything and then just put the whole thing to bed after a few years and everyone will forget about everything mm-hmm. and they'll just re repeat a couple of the, uh, the main points, like three thousand people died, they still say that today. To this day, they just repeat it as if it's, is if it's a fact. Which of course, it was one of the main things they wanted to be repeated. Planes hit towers, three thousand people died. Osama did it. We got him. End of the story. <laughs> that's those are the talking points from nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's much more manageable to fake it. And use all your Hollywood special effects to do so.
2: So, makes yeah, sense. It, it makes a certain amount of sense. I still haven't. Uh, I'll I'll have to check out that Vic Sim section mm-hmm. on that on your site there. But yeah, um, uh, obviously I haven't looked into that part of it. But it, sure it makes sense.
1: Yeah, well you you have to be interested in it, um, but. It's very relevant to this day because it's, this, they use the same thing for all the events. And, um, you've lived in Toronto since the seventies. And have you looked into all the so-called events in Toronto that you were, we were told were horrible things that happened? Now there isn't a lot that goes on in Toronto when it comes to PsyOps, but you really have to look at every single major event and question it. And it made me question the police killings. We, we don't have a lot of police killings in Canada. But mm-hmm. it made me question all of them. It made me question the Bernardo event. Because my okay. wife was lived, I would say, within walking distance. 15 minute walking distance <laughs> of Bernardo. Mm-hmm. So she was terrorized. She was the exact... Description of his favorite girl. So it's, uh, and she was in the area at the time. And when you look at that story, you think, Oh my goodness. Is this a psyop? Sure. I think
2: it it was the young street van attack.
1: Yeah, definitely. Now hardly anyone talks about it because there aren't enough Canadian fakeologists and, um, there aren't enough fakeologist fans in Canada, period. Canada is one of my least attended to, uh, countries. I, I might mainly attract Americans, UK, Australia, and then Canada to the website. So it just tells me Canadians aren't interested or there are not enough Canadians that are interested, even in Toronto. But yeah, the van attack was, was really piss poor. When it comes to PsyOps, I thought. All kinds of them. But the Bernardo thing was a big one. Um also the Clifford Olson thing, the pig farming.
0: Oh. The pig
1: farmer. They're all up. See, that's the beauty of being a fakeologist. You can go back and revisit all the stories and try and dig up whatever you can all these years later. And the stories just are full of holes and they're full of magic numbers. All the things that we look at as clues to psyops. Hmm. And the FLQ crisis, manufactured possibly. Uh, it's way far back in history, so there aren't a lot of things to go on, but people like Matt Arrett pulled it apart. Um, we had a couple things... We, they they kind of have escalated over the last few years cuz i think it's all part of just taking over canada by outside forces that are running the governments now taking over so for instance there was some attack on uh, parliament hill there was oh, right. the um there was the train derailment in quebec
2: oh the one that just happened in december you mean no this, oh, no, no, this
1: no. one was with harper as prime minister I can't remember. What's the name of that town in Quebec?
2: Is the rail... Oh, yeah. Megantic, is that it?
1: Yeah. Th- th- it was a town where... Yeah, it was Lac-Megantic. Yeah. Okay. It was a town where the rail line went right through the city, which, of course, is how s- villages and cities were created in the railway days. And they wanted to... All these cities they want to take the rail lines out of the center of the city and bypass the cities which makes sense and um, I think they staged that whole event just so the governments would pay for that because it's pretty big undertaking no small village could pay for that so that had tons of fakery in it too that was a whole operation I think Even um, going as far back as when you came to um, Toronto, 1979, we had the Mississauga train derailment, where they evacuated a whole small city west of Toronto. Right. And I lived there at the time. I was right on the evacuation line, so we weren't evacuated, but... If you look at that story, I think it was the 33rd rail car that went off the tracks.
2: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't end. Right. So that was another drill slash simulation. And it resulted in certain laws being changed where you couldn't maybe transport hazardous goods through a city. Which is, it's a fine end goal. It's a noble lie. But they have to lie about it to make it, to make laws and expropriate or abscond with money to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Just like the van attack. You say, well, why would they do that? Well, it's because they want to turn major roads, A, get cars off them, and Agenda 21-ify all the roads in Toronto. It's going to happen.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like. King Street, they, you know, you you can't drive uh, down King Street. No. I mean,
1: yeah, you're yeah. right. I know. I, I'm a courier. I used to be a courier, so I know. I know they changed it right after I stopped driving um, courier downtown. But yeah, you can't go straight across. You have to keep turning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, eventually, they will ban cars from downtown. It's it's getting really close. Like we're getting closer and closer. There will be yeah. no private car traffic in Toronto, guaranteed. To me, it's a guarantee. They're already doing their damnedest with construction to make it impossible, anyway. Oh yeah, so, so it's gonna construction. It's gonna happen. So all these things are just to further further the case, further it along. But all kinds of major crimes, major events, even in Toronto, are are staged, and it's crazy when you start looking into it. So. I, I find it really liberating to know that, okay, well, there aren't really people getting murdered in the way we're told in, in even the city I live in. Um, just down the road, I think they did a, a drill in Scarborough where they said a guy was walking around with what looked like a gun. I think it was a broom or something or a BB gun. And it said that the police in their division just shot him dead. Right. No, no, I don't think that happened.
2: Well, it does put a different perspective on a lot of stuff. You know, uh, we grow up with this idea that man is or humans are warlike and we're all constantly making war on each other. Yeah. And then it turns out uh, most or perhaps all of these wars are are bogus, you know. And so how warlike really is is man? Um, Maybe we're not as bad as as they
1: want us to believe. Yeah, people aren't that bad. And they don't really, no one in the world likes war. Only the people that profit from it like it as a business. It goes on and on. Did you hear my theory that I think uh, even Rob Ford, they faked his death? I have not heard that, no. Hmm. Well, my theory is it doesn't really interest most of the audience, but I think that... um th- hey, Rob
2: Ford made a big splash. Everyone knows... Doesn't everyone outside... Yeah. Of, like, <laughs> no, you're right. Of the, he was one of the most famous Canadians for a while. Yeah, you're right.
1: He went worldwide. I think he was kind of modeled after Mary and Barry in Washington, D.C. Okay. Remember that guy? So they kind of modeled the story after him. But I really think that um they made a... um they made a uh, power shift deal between Rob, his brother Doug, who's the premier of Ontario now, John Tory, who's the mayor of Toronto. I think it was a, sort of a three-way deal where Rob wouldn't run again. The only way he wouldn't run is if he died, really. And he okay. would have won. And that would have kept John Tory Because John Tory was going to probably go run for premier again. Because he lost badly back uh 20 years ago for running for the party because he was he's kind of the the left wing version of a right wing guy right so i think those guys all made a deal where rob would fade out of the picture and that would allow john tory to ascend to become mayor which isn't a powerful job but the long term goal is to make a mayor as powerful as a premier Under Agenda Twenty One, where there'll be megacities. I don't know if John Tory will be along. He won't be around, maybe long enough to realize that. But they've already bestowed extra powers to the mayor in Toronto right now, and it's it's, just—it's he—it's just going to become a another type of dictatorship for megacities, right? And that allowed Doug, who has no charisma it has the family name to ascend to the premiership which he did and i was a member of the, of the party just a voting member just so i could vote and i guarantee you, my vote wasn't i didn't even get a ballot i couldn't get a ballot which to me told me the whole thing was fixed and it can be fixed they don't need to do anything special they can just say he won the vote to be leader of the party So that's how he got in. I think it was just a a three-way deal. Mm. And I think Rob's walking around right now. Guaranteed.
2: But if it's all fake...
1: Or engineered.
2: Are you you saying that that Doug is just a bad actor i mean why does he have no charisma why did rob have i mean rob is a a great character if if it's a phony story he's a great character he
1: was Uh, a great character and i think he did really have charisma what i'm saying is they had to make a fake story to get him out of the picture because why else would a guy you know they were doing their best to pillory him and make mock him and make him a fool I think the drug story may have had elements of truth, but I think overall um, it was a phony story and they were just trying to um, basically get rid of him in the media and just set up the whole thing that he's sick and he's not taking care of himself and then he just dies of this cancer that really is extremely rare and super fast and then he's gone. I even think, uh, Jack Layton, they engineered him out of the story too.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you think, oh, it couldn't happen in Canada, but actually when the closer you are to a story, the less likely you are to believe it. You think, oh, it couldn't happen here. I would have heard something. I live here.
2: Of course, when you say Jack Layton, you know, with my interest in prostitution-related matters, I think of the story where he was caught in front of a massage parlor. The police stopped Mm -hmm. him or something. Yeah. And uh, I think he was just coming out of the place, and they let him go on his way.
1: Or maybe that was an engineered story.
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, sure.
1: Like. Now, as a fakeologist, that's the first thing. But if you didn't know about how easy it is to fool people and how most stories are fake, you would never consider it. But now, anytime there's a story, it's the first thing you consider, which actually always makes more sense. When you try and put the story that makes no sense together, when you know it's fake, it makes total sense. Like Even the latest thing with this Buffalo football player, I don't really care about the Buffalo Bills other than the fact that You know they can't really ever win because it's too small of a market and there's not enough people but everyone else talks about oh he died of this or the guy really died but the actual story is he's the whole thing was probably a scripted event makes way more sense.
2: And so, so when he returned the, a few, I guess it was a few days ago or whatever, where he was wearing a mask or glasses or something, and he was kind of covered up anyways. Yeah. You think that was just a story, like they wanted people to speculate that, Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: But like and they, I, were, they yeah. were
2: deliberately making it look fake, in other words, you're saying.
1: Maybe, maybe. I don't even know the whole story. I only, I only hear through other people that filter my information about the story because I'm not following it closely enough to pursue the story right because I know the whole thing makes no sense there's enough problems with the story to tell me it's just it's just all theater I don't really I don't just like I don't break down the problems say continuity problems in a in a movie because I know it's fake right it doesn't make sense wasting time talking about a movie and problems in the story because I have a really hard time watching movies now because I just think, oh, well, what about this? Why didn't he do this? I'm even watching old Rockford Files. and I say, why sure. doesn't the guy ever look behind him? Why does someone always come up behind him and knock him over the head? Does he not look sure. around? <laughs> so it's really hard to, to accept the story.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing Hollywood a whole different way since the beginning of 2020. It's, yeah, yeah it's, a different, it's a different experience watching movies now.
1: Yeah, it's really difficult. They're not they're not as entertaining anymore because you just know that the story is there's it's just too hard to believe. Even when you suspend disbelief, it still doesn't work. So it's kind of a day, occupational hazard of being a fakeologist, right? But anyway, uh, we've been going about an hour and a half. I'm yep. sort of i've i've uh, sort of talked myself out a bit. I know I should have asked you a few more questions, but sometimes I just want to give you... Because I don't talk to many people from Toronto, because right. there's just not enough fakeologists out there from our area, which is really sad, which is why we're going the way we're going. Um, people are believing the whole COVID narrative in Toronto, probably more than anywhere else.
2: It certainly seems like it in, in my circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, mo- well,
1: yeah. Most
2: people I know believe All
1: Right. It. Now, this is a standard question I ask everyone. Do you know anyone in your immediate circle that has been killed or injured by the vaccine?
2: No. The closest to that, that where it's... Uh, I mean, it's kind of a question.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One of my cousins um, last summer mm-hmm. had... a. Uh, uh, this weird attack of amnesia suddenly, okay. uh, you know, didn't know her, where he was. He he was upstairs in his house, and he he, he didn't know where he was.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Is he and, older? Uh, me, uh, let me think. He's around 50.
1: Oh, that's a little young. Okay, so I'm around right. 50. Yeah, okay, that's a little young.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but not, so, not yeah.
2: But not, but that's the closest. Like I, I, you know, once I heard that, I was like, "Oh, is that some kind of vaccine injury?" Yeah. But who knows? It's hard to say. That. And that's the only thing like that. Um, uh, although another one of my friends, uh, you know, a, a vaxxed friend, has said that suddenly he's having memory problems. And when I was talking to another one of my cousins. She said, yeah, lots of people she knows are having memory problems, but this is all kind of vague. It's, I don't know. It's not.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to attribute necessarily to the vaccine. That's the problem.
2: Yeah, but but no one, no one in my circle has gotten, you know, cancer or any kind of blood clot thing or anything like that.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one because confirmation bias is very dangerous where you, you take a position and you, Try and make every story fit your belief system. So I'm very, I'm, I'm cautious about it that I don't fall into that trap where I just right. take every person's injury without knowing anything about their medical background, their habits, what they do, and trying to attribute it to that. But I am pretty, I'm pretty aware of... Um, just the whole vaccine adjuvant story in general Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as a fakeologist because when you question everything you got to question everything in the medical field how it came to be and you got to question all these so called cures and treatments and you really got to look deep and it doesn't take long to just throw out the official stories but without the official stories You really have to really hypothesize and no one's going to back you up because there is no money or research going into those areas by design. They just don't want the answers. They know, I think they know the answers on many of the things they say they're researching and spending billions of dollars, but they, as long as they make sure you're not researching in the right area, then they don't have to worry about what you come up with because they know, they know where not to go. It's pretty simple. Mhm. So, Anyway, we have uh we haven't really said anything controversial, so I'm going to leave the YouTube video up and um,
2: Oh, you left YouTube on this
1: time. I did. I didn't turn it off cuz we weren't really saying anything I think to knock us off. We haven't really done any speculation. Or not. We're not really talking directly about anything that's considered medical misinformation I guess I guess that's the main thing we haven't really said anything about that so we're not gonna we're not gonna go in any deeper and uh, unless somebody flags the video I haven't had any trouble with YouTube lately but I, I do usually cut it off just in case Right. but um I think we're okay but if it does the video does disappear or the channel does disappear off YouTube for a while and don't forget fakotube.com I have put a link to the show notes where we, where I search for the word Dewsburg on Fake YouTube. There's a number of good videos that have Dewsburg stuff in them, including this interview that he did on the Joe Rogan show in 2012. I didn't realize oh, okay. Joe Rogan, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dewsburg is talking these days. I don't know if he's too old or he's just kept quiet, but. That was pretty darn good, and just gives you some clues as to what's going on. With um, and yeah, if you looked into AIDS, that's why I call this CovAIDS because it's really a just a
2: oh yeah it's a carbon copy yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, except with AIDS they targeted a specific group yep. gay people and now they're targeting everyone.
1: Well, don't forget it was gay people in Africa, <laughs> so that's a right. pretty large
2: area. That's true. Gay
1: people in Africa. And Africa. So the continent of Africa went into the crosshairs. The thing is yeah. though that I don't know how successful they were in most of Africa just because it's so underdeveloped or was at the time. Mm-hmm. And now of course Africans like everyone else in the world are walking around with smartphones. You know, where there wasn't a landline, they just put up a cell tower and all of a sudden everyone could be connected to the internet with their smartphone. So they know and can know as much as we do over there as long as they can understand i guess english but you know with the translators i'm sure every language is translatable so i think africans have their um aids experience plus their skepticism of the colonialists and now they got the internet where they can look everything up so i don't think they're falling for it this whole thing in the same way say us so-called First world smart North Americans or Western Europeans are. Mm. I don't think there is trusting in general, so I don't know how well this thing has worked over there.
2: So, yeah, well, I hope for their sake that. Uh, well, it certainly sounds like they're they're doing better than we are.
1: All right, so you have a so I put a link to all your books on Indigo, and so all the titles are there. And okay, great. Um, I can you just give me a brief synopsis of your latest book? Paying for it Cause
2: actually the latest book is uh, it's called Mary Wept Over the Feet of Jesus.
1: It's, okay, um, that's not on this list here, or maybe it, it is. It's uh,
2: it's another prostitution related book, uh, but okay, it's about yeah. biblical you know prostitution in the Bible, basically.
1: Okay. How did you get interested in this topic? Maybe we can bring it back and talk about it. Sure.
2: Uh, how did, uh, well, I, because I was paying for sex, that made me interested in it. It's, you know, it's like, why do, why, why are gay people interested in gay issues? You
0: know? Right, right, okay.
2: If you pay for sex, like, that'll make you interested in the subject, I guess.
1: Is that something that, um, is that sort of a taboo thing to even talk about? In general, or are there other books on this topic?
2: Oh, there's lots of books. <laughs> right. Lots. Lots of sex workers have written about their experience. Fewer people, fewer Johns, or fewer clients have written from the perspective of actually paying for sex. Okay. I guess. I guess, uh, I guess it is kind of embarrassing to. To you know, put yourself
1: out and yeah, and use your time. real name. It is it's sure. it's an amazing topic. I have to admit, I when I first started reading, and I don't read really. I just, I remember, I don't know who had the book. It might have been in my house. We had the book, The Happy Hooker.
2: Oh right, with right. um Xavier Hollander or whatever it, her name was. Yeah,
1: there was a Toronto connection. That's I guess that's sort of why I found it interesting she had some kind of Toronto connection, I can't She
2: remember. did. She either visited here frequently, or she lived here for a while. Something like that. Yeah, I, I, I certainly heard anecdotes about her being here.
1: Right. Yeah, I think she might have been Dutch, but I can't remember. But it, it was. I, I know. I read that book, and maybe a couple other books around there. I think I, 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 I think it was just because maybe I found it in the library. I can't remember where I found it, but. It was kind of interesting, and she does describe her her um exploits as a hooker
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, that was kind of interesting, but I didn't know there was a book by by John's, so you you wrote paying for it, and it looks like twenty thirteen and you wrote another one on the same subject, but from the Bible stories Is that yeah right? yeah,
2: Mary wept over the feet of Jesus, yeah,
1: wow, is that blasphemous in any way oh
2: <laughs> well the truth is I'm a Christian. Right. But uh yes, I think many of my fellow Christians would find the book offensive and blasphemous. All right. Unfortunately. Okay. I th- I think it's all scripturally based. Like I th- I don't think I'm saying anything outrageous, but I yeah. think other I think uh, there are people who would think it is what I what I'm saying in the book is outrageous.
1: All right. Well, do I have to read the book to interview about interview you about it, or
2: not, not, no, 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 <laughs> no? If you want to talk about it sometime, sure. Like you, you don't have to read the book. I mean, although, I, hey, if you want, I'd, I'd be willing to send it to you.
1: All right. Well, maybe uh, which one would I find more interesting? Paying for it or the Mary wept over the feet of Jesus? Gee, because uh, it is I mean, it is somewhat interesting to me i I have not and probably never will pay for sex, but right uh, it, every guy every guy with a pulse has probably thought about it right <laughs> um, truth be told so it would be hey, a very interesting interview uh,
2: hey i I can send you both books and you can read like you can read neither or you can read whichever one seems more interesting to you or whatever
1: All right, that'd be fine
2: that'd be um, great. And, and now I know your virtual box number, so I've got a place to mail them to. Oh,
1: you can just send me the PDF if you want, so you don't PDF? have to... PDF?
2: <laughs> How computer literate do you think I am? Oh, all right. <laughs> I don't it... have a PDF.
1: Really? Nobody converted it? I thought almost every book was somebody converted it. Uh,
2: there probably is uh, uh, an ebook book version. That, yeah. Uh, that, uh, but but I, <laughs> okay. I've never had I've never had a, an ebook uh, version, and uh, I wouldn't know how to convert it to a PDF. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so okay. Well, I, if you it, want to it, send
1: me it, a, a hard copy, I, I, I okay, that'd I be use fantastic. The,
2: the paper version or nothing, unfortunately.
1: Okay, no, that's fine. That's that's fantastic. If you want to do, I don't want to put you out. Expense wise, you can make that if you want your donation. That would be even, that would be just fine. Um, to the site. That would be, that would be fine. Money beyond that. No, you don't have to. You don't have to, but that, that would be fine if you just sent the book. Yeah. I, I, I I think that would be interesting. I'm not sure if we could work any fakeology into the interview, but maybe my audience would be interested anyway in hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. It's it's really really unique, and it is it is interesting. The people you talk about, you talk you talk with when you are talking about fakeology. <laughs> I have to admit, I mm-hmm. guess I guess we're all kind of we're all kind of off just a bit. All fakeologists, we all have just some <laughs> some quirkiness I'm, to us, no?
2: I'm definitely off and quirky. Right, right.
1: Okay, any final comments, concerns, questions about fakeology or directions that you like us to go in or you've enjoyed in the past? Any final uh,
2: No, really? I'm I'm just enjoying the show. Um Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm I mean, it was I was a little bit dis- disappointed during December when there were so few shows. But, oh, thank uh, you. But but I you know I understand why uh, why you weren't able to put out as many as usual.
1: But um, well, sometimes I also just lose steam as well. Um, you think, okay, what what haven't I talked about now? Right. Uh, so, how did you just real quick before we go? How did you meet Greg? How did you guys get connected on well, this worldwide uh, thing?
2: Greg's into comics. Um, oh, I see. And. And we met at a comic book convention and just started chatting. And uh, and uh, I I can't remember. One or the other of us said, hey, we should we should get to get together sometime. So a couple months later, he came into Toronto and we hung out for an afternoon. And oh, okay. Um, yep. Yeah.
1: And you figured out you're both sort of fakeologists somehow.
2: <laughs> I, he's probably more of a fakeologist than I am.
1: Oh, okay. So he let off a couple of um, comments and you picked up on them and he explained fakeology to you?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, I, I knew a lot of what he what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, but but, you know, he brought up the fakeologist show. He's like, are you listening to to the fakeologist? I was like, what's that? Oh, nice. And, uh, he, you know, he was right that uh, I that I would find it an interesting show.
1: Oh, amazing! Well, that's great. That's fun because you really—the only way that one I know anyone is listening is if they call in or email me, and two, the only way to really expand our listener base is just people telling it, telling others about it, because there really is no great simple way to discover any podcast, and including fakeologist stuff. So,
2: yeah, unfortunately, I can't think of. Anyone really in my circle to recommend the show to? Yeah, uh, I tried recommending. Uh, uh, one of my friends asked, "Oh, what's what's a good conspiracy theory show to listen to?" Oh, really? And so I said, "Try James Corbett," because I knew this guy was he he couldn't handle stuff like like the NASA stuff like that would be too outrageous for him he would want something that's more grounded and whatever so I thought I thought James Corbett would be his speed but no he was he found James Corbett to be outrageous and ridiculous and so uh, I, I'm sure that if I recommended the fakeologist to him he'd be even more like you know
1: uh, he'd immediately reject us he'd, he'd have
2: us. a, a he more even... extreme reaction
1: yeah you're probably right you're probably right. Although it's so easy to pick apart NASA, it's crazy easy. And yeah, but
2: uh, most people can't see
1: it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's all I can see is fakery. And it's not even any better than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's the same old crap. And it's mm. bad. It's really bad stuff. They have not picked up their game.
2: Mhm. So, make sure so you- I wish I wish I, there was someone in, around me that I could recommend. Even like my one of my good close friends, mm-hmm. uh my only close friend who's unvaxxed. I don't think I don't think he'd respond to the show. Yeah. He he still believes even though he saw through all the covid stuff. Yeah. He still believes in global warming or in climate change or whatever they call it. Right.
1: Man-made it's, climate it's, change, yeah.
2: Yes. So if he can't see through that, like, is he going to respond to the fakeologist? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, I try and make my topics and my interests really, really wide. For instance, I'll talk about Agenda 21. I'll talk about communitarianism. I'll talk about NASA, 9-11, scientism. Um, I do love politics, even though it's really been poorly faked lately. Really, it's really poor. I'll talk about just about anything with a bent. I'll talk about local politics, local fakery. Um, I just, I'm not even really focused anymore on any one topic. So I make it really varied, really varied. I'll talk about, um, a lot, obviously, about health, I'll talk about um, Club of Rome. <laughs> I'm just looking at the stuff I really like about Faco Tube. I'll talk about some of. I'll talk about controlled opposition. Um, there's just so much to talk about when it comes to how we are managed because we're. Uh, Matt Erritt's the one that called us talking cows. We we really are managed. We need to be managed we're just what we're doing is
2: not random okay Okay. yeah I just <laughs> took me a moment or two for to, to take that uh, uh, comment in
1: yeah we're cattle we need sure, we sure. need to be shown which way to go
2: as Charles Ford said we are property
1: yeah we are owned we are commoditized and uh, it's really interesting I'll talk about the NFL and talk about People like Chris Skye, who most Canadians find his whole uh, personics distasteful, but he's actually telling the best truth in his in his kind of bombastic way.
2: Have you interviewed him?
1: I have tried. Uh, I, I put a couple requests in, but I came to the conclusion that he's got so much exposure. He doesn't really need my help. Right. And he... I, agree with most of what he said. So I really wouldn't be able to challenge him, but, um, I have tried a couple of times, but I'm now, I'm actually made a couple comments on his telegram and his administrator banned me. So I just, I don't bother anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I also talk about elite gender inversion and androgyny, Kabbalah. Like there's nobody that I know that has such a wide swath of topics. I don't know if you've looked into into that the, whole topic. The
2: elite gender, yeah. I, I mean, I've I've certainly heard your interviews with or your talks with uh, Mr. E. Yeah, and it's interesting, but I don't know. Like, yeah, you, you know, sure, I, I can see Michelle Obama and Theresa Tam. Yeah, but can, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: but yeah. beyond that, I don't know. It sounds a bit questionable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, sometimes women are just. A bit man
1: ish. The yeah. They were born men. Uh, I agree. I agree. I, and I just, but you, I just know that we are not getting the whole story. So I, I'm just trying to figure it out. I don't have any absolute pronouncements on the topic, but I love people that dig into it because even if they're half right, it's quite the deception. Right. So I don't, I don't tend. To make absolute, I know everything. I just, I just like talking about it. And if someone is really coming across as they, and I, I find Mister E extremely humble as well. And oh, I. Oh
2: yeah, no, uh, he's an interesting guy to listen to. And and you know, he he doesn't just talk about that subject. Yeah. Uh, although obviously it's one of his main uh, areas of interest. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I I listen to his episodes even even though uh, you know I'm I'm. <laughs> You're not convinced, Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not convinced, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, on that happy note, we've been going almost two hours. It's been a great call, and thank you for using a landline. Everyone should just really see the hear the difference between a landline and a crappy cell line. It's really remarkable. So, yeah, great call, great clarity. Even though you're not, you say you're not a computer plugged in person. Um, how do you listen to the podcast again? Then, if you you say you don't have Wi-Fi internet at home,
2: uh, no, I I live in a uh, an apartment building. And yeah, downstairs there's uh, a library. Okay, and I just go down there once a day, try and spend as just uh, a short amount of time in there. I don't want to be too whatever, yeah. distracted by stuff online. Um okay. you know get. Get my emails, send some emails, uh, download some podcasts to listen to when I'm offline up here back in my apartment.
1: Oh, cool. Oh, wow. So you are really disconnected. So you don't have social media really to no. speak of? No. Wow. Okay. The
2: closest thing to that that I have is a, I've, I've got a Patreon page. so that. Oh, you do know, you? People okay. people who like my stuff can support okay. me through that.
1: What is it? I don't mind publicizing it. Pa- oh, okay. Patri- of course. Patreon.com forward Patreon slash.
2: Patreon.com uh, slash Chester Brown. All one word.
1: All right. I will, uh, I'm, I'm a patron, a patronizer of many people, including Mr. E. So I'll, I can add you. No sweat. Oh, wow. There you go. Two dollars. Okay, here we go. Oh, you got some uh, pretty good quantity of patrons. Very good.
0: Yeah, it's okay.
1: Okay, you're going. That'll be show note number six. If you wanna support Chester and his work, you can do so easily on Patreon. Wow, this is pretty cool. A real live comic book author. Yeah, my children are both into comics, so. You have anything they would be interested in? do You think or anything? Because I know comics see, is such a huge field. So
2: most most of my content is sort of adult oriented. Uh, the the closest thing to a kids book is the Louis Riel book because there's no okay. sex in that one. It's just you know people shooting at each other and politics and whatnot. Um, okay. So, so and, and actually. It is popular. Like a lot of parents do buy that one for their kids because they figure, hey, it's educational or whatever. This is a story you should know about, or you know. So, um, so I don't know. Maybe that one for your kids. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, they're adults anyway. But all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll be interested in that. All right, Chester, good chat. Thank you so much for, uh, contacting me. This was fun. Yeah. You know, I never know how these shows are going to go with, mm-hmm. um, but it's, this has been extremely interesting and I'll look My forward pleasure. to receiving those books and we'll talk, we'll tackle that controversial concept of, um, memoirs of a John. <laughs> that's, sure. That sounds good. That's, uh, have you done any other radio interviews mainstream about those books?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I've i I've, I've, I've been on the CBC. Um, oh wow. When when paying for it came out, yeah. that was during the era when uh, Gian Gameshi was had oh, right. that show on CBC. So he he's had me on his show, and I you know I talked about uh, you know paying for sex.
1: Wow. I think that was a whole men are pig psyop, the whole Gian Comeshi right. thing.
2: Yeah. Another, yeah. Talking about Canadian psyops.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, that was all BS.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was the Canadian version. America got Bill Cosby, which is right. it, it, just ridiculous, honestly. But I guess he, they, he, he made the sacrifice to, to play along. I, I'm guessing he got paid real well, but that's uh, a whole, yep. Yeah. A whole other subject. Another psyop. My goodness. All right, Chester. Thank you for joining in and, uh, we'll talk to you next time. You'll be back. <laughs> Terrific. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. There goes Chester Brown. What an interesting call tonight. Went almost two hours. You never know who's a fakeologist out there. And, uh, we're going to have him back talking about his, um, Very interesting other books. I'm going to have to look up and see if I can find some of the interviews and take a listen. But, um, well, maybe you guys, if you guys are interested in that, um, send me a line, drop me a line. Did you like tonight's show? Send me an email. I'm at fakeologist.com. And, uh, wow, another fakeologist in Toronto. That's pretty cool. All right. Again, if you like the show, fakeologist.com forward slash donate. You can pay in uh, the good old credit card, Epic Cash, Epic Pay, Monero, Bitcoin. You can mail in some some cash if that's what you want. Uh, you can just send me a postcard if you want as well. All that is welcome. We like all feedback, and of course your name will go up on the donor list. If you don't want it on the list, just let me know. I won't put it on there. Thanks to Harmon. A regular donator. Thank you so much, Harmon. I appreciate that. Nancy K., Benoit, Harmon, Harmon, Lori, Nick W., thanks to the monthly donors. Zalflex, Gibby, Ezity, Daniel, John R., thanks all you guys, the monthly sustainable donations. Most of the money goes to Fakotube. It does cost quite a bit of money to host videos, but um, I think it's well worth it. This is a permanent repository of my videos. It won't be taken down, won't be deleted. One of them has coming up to a hundred thousand views about the spars, the spars plan starting in 2025. Um, I think I'm going to be spending some time on TikTok. I had no idea how big TikTok has taken off. It's actually really hurting Google. I've heard right now. So I might post a clip of this show on tiktok so if you haven't checked out tiktok you might want to do that and fakeologist is on tiktok fake 11.com forward slash tiktok fake 11.com forward slash discord fake 11.com forward slash telegram fake 11.com forward slash instagram we're on most socials not actively but we are all over the place mainly the blog fakeologist.com forward slash blog the forums fakeologist.com forward slash forums too very active very interesting my sub blog morab.fakeologist.com shorts.fakeologist.com fakeotube.com. I think I've said enough <laughs> so thanks guys for joining and we are we back tomorrow Let me just look at fakeologist.com forward slash live. Um, Maybe Frank is going to be on tomorrow. Frank, an ounce of salt. We're going to try and do something weekly. So an ounce of salt may be here tomorrow. I got to confirm with him because Wednesday is Uncle Vigilante. We're going to talk epic cash, pretty sure. Okay, guys, that's it. Thanks for joining see you tomorrow probably take care good night